We're back. There it is. It's been a while. Thank you, Tommy. So here's what we're doing. Uh, the second drink, since we did this in two parters. Here we go. Let's see if I can get this on the mic. You're using your foot. Alex so, did that with his foot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the pop tab and everything. Yeah. This is my first time, Tommy, I'm of taking a crowler. And by the way, I am not misspeaking. A lot of people thought I was. Just so everybody knows, a growler is a 64-ounce. A crowler is a machine-sealed, massive aluminum can, usually between, like, I'll say 24 and 32 ounces. And that's what I have here today. I was worried about taking it on an airplane because of pressure changes and all that. And plus, they always say, keep it cold and drink it ASAP. This was canned on, um, this was last Saturday in Colorado Springs, so it's about five days old or whatever. So... We'll see. I don't know if it's going to be amazing or not, and I will certainly be honest, Tommy. Whenever I, um, whenever I taste it, I'll let you know if it's as good as it was there. It does look at it. it definitely hey, still got, has carbonation. Let's go. I've got a really easy thought for you in f- during the whole. You're thinking about pressure changes and bringing cans onto the plane. Okay. There's soda on planes. Yeah, but the cabin is uh, pressurized. These go down in the cargo hold because you can't take it oh, onto the plane. Oh, you have to I see. put I it see, in check baggage. See, gotcha. You know what's so funny? What? When I was doing the research online, somebody else said that on Reddit. And in my head, I was like, yeah, but it's not pressurized. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but I see where your mind is. So, Tommy, this is the Manitou Brewing Company from Manitou Springs, Let's Colorado. Go. And this is an Oktoberfest beer. It was excellent. 5.5%. Whenever we had... <clears throat> had it there. I hope it's as good as it was fresh. It, I mean, it has head, so I think it's going to be fine. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's smooth. Doesn't that warm the soul up? Yeah, it, it's the perfect temperature right now. Yeah, it really it, is. Like because I actually sometimes when beers are too cold, it takes away from the taste. It's <clears throat> super cold is good for shit beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bud Light, Miller Light. Yeah, like the colder Michelob. the better. And it, and it's and it's an opposite relationship. Once it gets warm, it's like, oh, I'd rather, you know, pull my eyes out of my head <laughs> than drink this. Yeah. So, awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. Let hey. me do the quick rundown here for um what we did here in Colorado Springs. There's nothing as amazing as the um as the MGM hack, which was mm-hmm. just a really wild experience. Do you mind if I jump in here real no, quick? No, please do. I wanted to tell you a quick story. My uh, father, Tom, who was featured on episode 150. Nice. Um, he had his 60th birthday on September 12th, and I flew to Tampa to... Um, actually, it was just right after you guys got back from Tampa, right? Or no, you went the next week, right? I think so. Okay, well, that's a, that's a side. That's, sure. that's apart from the fact I went... Uh, for a day trip, just to surprise him, his uh, girlfriend uh, threw him a surprise party, and um, four hours before the party started, because I was there early, couldn't let him know I was there, I went to a uh, friend of the podcast, Joe's Brewery, and he just had his first Oktoberfest at Wolfhaven. Nice. In Tampa. Was, yeah, and he said they did as much business as their grand opening. It was a, it was mm. a great turnout, and I had his... I didn't have his... Um, his Marzen, which is his Oktoberfest, I had his Fest beer, which is a little different. I, that's so weird because I just learned that. Okay, cool. When in Denver, yeah, but um, yeah, because like most American Oktoberfests are Marzens, mm-hmm. but like th- this says Oktoberfest beer, but I don't know if it is. There is a place that we went in this podcast. I'm going to get there where the the girl specifically said 
this is a fest beer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, cool. That's pretty awesome. Continue. Love that, man. Sorry to interrupt. No, not at all, dude. Please, please do. Um, Can I interrupt? Yes. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Colorado Springs Airport. Oh. It's my favorite airport. More than Tampa? Yes. Oh, Tampa's amazing. I, so, off the top of my head, you're going to have to tell me if it's this good. To me, I cannot stand, and I don't care about the logical or the logistics challenges. Just make it work. Airports that you have to get a shuttle to car rental just suck. And let's face it, that's most airports. Mm-hmm. Colorado Springs, you land, you have a short walk, you're down at baggage claim, and your baggage claim and rental cars are right there. It's a smaller airport, yes. right? Because it's not Denver. Well, <laughs> but in general, like smaller establishments and groupings mm-hmm. of people are something that I do flock to. Mm-hmm. So it it was an amazing airport. And I just want to say, like, on a um, on a level of somebody who was in Vegas for four days prior, plus in Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia, we had a really hot summer, uncharacteristically. And Thank God it's starting to get cold. I, I'm so happy. When I stepped out of the airport and breathed in, it had just rained, and it was not cold, but it was chilly, crisp air. I was like... I can't wait to move back up north. Oh. I, I it was it just filled my lungs, and I was like, "Oh, this air is just wonderful." But anyways, um, we went to our mini ask. We we got this amazing German dinner, authentic German food, which was really cool. And in Craft Head's form, I have a good beer update. This place was called Edelweiss, and they had a bunch of incredible, authentic German beers on tap and i'm talking about the weinstefaners and the schneider vices and the pilsners um original which, pilsners yes it i can't think of the names of some of the others and i feel stupid but that's that comes with the territory of uh recording a podcast while drunk so anyways it was just a real treat to have these german beers that i have loved for many many years but i always have them in cans and bottles that was my first time ever having it on my, on tap so that was really cool but tara and i spent two nights in this tiny little cabin with no heat. And I'm telling you, Tommy. No heat? They they had two tiny little like plug-in rad- radiators. I'm telling you the place was in the 50s easily at oh. night. I didn't mind it. Tara got some really rough sleep those nights. but Yeah, um, no wonder why the sleep was so good when you guys got... Yeah, is that I, what the story is? Is that... She keeps saying there was a story... No, well, uh, that's at the very, very end. Ah, yeah. So yeah, I'll keep you edging here for that. But um, <laughs> we we got up on Saturday morning, and I had been the whole genesis of going to Colorado Springs was a we had never been there, and b the way I travel, I'll just like look at a city or a destination, and I'm like, oh, this is what we're gonna do. So I told Tara we're gonna hike Pikes Peak, and she has Crazy. been she's kind of been dreading this for the past couple of weeks because. This summit is no joke. It's 14,000 feet. So we're talking about almost three miles in the air. And Tara already, I'm not saying this critically, she already sucks eggs when it comes to climbing things. Like her cardio is whatever. But <laughs> when, you, when you gain elevation, like she just gets wrecked immediately. So um, anyways, Could you feel it? You felt the elevation difference? I was okay. And okay. I'll tell you what. I think the beet juice thing is real. Ah, nice. I cool. swear to you it is. We got a bun- we loaded up on beet juice and we kept on uh, hydrating with it during the trip and I really never had any problems with acclimation. The only thing that I'll say that we had obvious problems with was the uh the hike one way on Bar Trail to the summit of Pikes Peak 
is 13 miles and change or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. That, that's a half marathon, right? Guess what they were doing the day we were hiking? A marathon. A marathon. Oh, up the mountain. Oh, my God. Some people are insane. Beautiful, but insane. Like, I might one day do the round trip hike. I might one day run a marathon. I am never doing a marathon up Pikes Peak. That just, there's, that sounds like a very bad experience. But anyways, um, we were doing that, and uh, we got up... A little bit past halfway, you get to Bar Camp, which is just after 10,000 feet. It's 10, I think it was 10,200. We got up there, and actually, I can do my my first shout-out for Colorado. His name was Robert up at, uh, at the camp at the top. If he was also hiking, he's probably a cool dude. Well, he was a volunteer. And uh, like they they have volunteers to help out because oh, like for the for the marathon yeah exactly because okay. like they kind of have to station checkpoints because people can get fucked up and it's like you're really far away from anything so we got up there and the people were very welcoming the camp was very cool because lots of people do camp there overnight and then finish the hike in the morning or whatever but um, by the time we got there I really wanted to press on Tommy but it, it wasn't responsible could we have made it to the top no question but. Then you have to face the question of, are you going to hike back, which is another 13 miles, albeit downhill, or hitchhike? And from what I'm told, people are really good about that. Like, you can pretty much bank on it. But in my head, it was still, like, a variable. And and again, I, like, Tara was at the end, and I was very, very proud of her for making it up that up to the camp. So, um, and this was, this was uphill, 13 yeah, miles. Yeah, okay. that's one way. Yeah. But we had made it about, I'm going to say, about seven. Okay. And at this camp, and uh, Robert was there manning the shed along with his companion. I actually didn't catch her name, but uh, she or they had made some chili, like a white bean chicken chili. And I was like, "Oh, how much for the chili?" And they were like, "It's for the volunteers only." I was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" I'm thinking like, "I got money," yeah. you know. But you know, I understood. I <laughs> got cash. I, I didn't ask anything, but we just struck up some conversation. And then a while in, Robert's actually, I don't know if it was Robert or or, or the his companion who was there, but they were like. You know, we made way more than we need. Like, you can have a bowl of chili if you want. And I was Let's like, I don't want to. I was like, I don't want to be a freeloader, but uh, I'll totally split a bowl. <laughs> and it was one of the best bowls of chili I've ever had in my life. So, I'm sure, dude. Thank you for that experience, um, Robert. And we had like a, a little connection to Atlanta because he went to Emory. Oh, so nice. you know, he's he's familiar. So we were kind of catching up on that too because he hadn't been back to Atlanta in a while. Healthcare. But, um, yeah. Okay. I, actually, I don't even know exactly what he went for, but okay. presumably yes. So. That was um, a, a really nice experience going up there, and 100%, we're going back next year, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm getting to that summit. Yeah. Like, it's happening. Nice. Um, to we, the 13? 14,000. 13.1 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, here's the thing. We're going to take a slightly different trail. There's another one called the Crags Head Trail. It's like on the other side of the mountain, and... It's seven miles one way, so 14 round trip, but you start at a higher elevation, and the hike is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, and I hear really good things about both of them, but I am getting to that summit, and I'm not driving to it. It's like it's like $85 to drive to the top. That's like, I'm not doing that at a principle. So did, did Tara also do the beet juice as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. She, was, were you guys both all right with the elevation? I don't know if it was the elevation or just the... She's not here to defend herself, but she does not do enough cardio. Okay. So, <laughs> anyhow. Um, that, you know, we didn't make it to the top, and that's okay. We're, it's a it's a great reason to go back. Um, we got back down, and right near the foot is a town called Manitou Springs. That's where Tara and I were like, oh, yeah, our bodies are beaten and broken. Let's get beer. You know, Did thing, you hitchhike back down, or did you walk back down? 
No, we we did walk back, which that walk back felt long. Yeah. Because you're going downhill, but in a weird way, going downhill after a long hike can be equally treacherous because you're putting a lot of stress on your knees and everything. Like, it fucking sucks. Well, well, my my litmus for a mile is 20 minutes, like just walking 15 to 20 minutes. So, and if you're hiking, you're probably on the high end of that because you're moving a little slower. So that's two and a half hour hike back. We started later than we wanted to. Um, we we were supposed to go like like in the that the crack of moon practically, and we wound up we got on the trail at nine thirty a.m. I think we were back exactly eight hours later or something like that. So and that that and include, you hung out for a while in the middle right? in the camp, and we did have a couple of breaks for like food and drinks and stuff. But overall, I mean, it was it was a work day of hiking. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, we went to Manitou Brewing. They had good food, but they had great beer. That's what we brought back, as Tommy knows that that Oktoberfest. Um, we actually, my whole thing, I was trying as many flights as I could at the various breweries that we went to because, you know, I'm all about the variety. So um, the next day, we did the one other thing that I wanted to do. I actually, the next day, I had planned to do this Crags Trail solo and like that was breaking Tara's heart. And I was, I just felt very strongly. I was like, I'm here and I need to do this. this is something I need to do. And what we were going to do is she was going to drop me off the trailhead, maybe hike with me a half an hour. By the way, her feet were fucked. Like she had blisters and Ooh, shit. Yeah. yeah. So she was going to maybe come with me 20 minutes in, then walk back out, and then drive to the top, meet me, and then take us both back down the, the nice. mountain. Because they both go to the same summit. Good plan. It was a good plan. And then I admitted, when I woke up and I got out of bed, my calves were like, nope. Yeah. To the point where, could I have done it? Maybe. But I was like, if I get hurt on this, and I'm out there, and there's nobody there, and like, what if there's no service? I could get seriously fucked and eaten by a bear. So, yeah, like that's a thing. Out that's there. not fun. No, exactly. So, um, we are going to go back, but we want to. I hope go- I'm with you when you go back. I we can plan it well in advance, and I want to do it at the same time of the year because the weather was perfect. Yeah, nice. and like it's snowy at the peak, but it's not like you're not going to die. Yeah. So, uh, to be continued on that, Tommy. But the last thing uh, we went to the Garden of the Gods after that, which is a huge tourist attraction, and I'm going to give the Garden of, of the Gods a big oof. Mm. It was gorgeous and magnificent. It was a big tourist trap, as I just mentioned. Yeah. And like after being on the solitude of that mountain for like, you know, that's it's kind of uh, yeah, entry prohibitive. Like average people are not going to try and hike a 13 mile mountain up, you know, 7000 elevation feet. And um, it was just really crowded and there were kids everywhere and everything. And like, yes, the Garden of the Gods is beautiful, but I'm tired of kids getting the fuck away from me. Right. <laughs> you, you can show up and take it in. You can be there for an hour max and kind of get what you need out of that. But um, it, it's definitely beautiful. Check it out if you're there. Um, and then the we had two nights in Denver. We did work remotely, so I can skip over most of that. But uh, the big, we had one amazing night in Denver and then one really weird morning in Denver. So I'm assuming one of these is the story that I keep hearing about. So here's it's a really good story and then the weird story to finish. The nice. really good story is on our... Monday night in Denver, and of course we flew home on a Tuesday. We know I was looking for places to go because we just felt obligated. Like we're in the city, let's do something, let's do city things. And I did not know they have a Deffen company in Denver, which for anybody who doesn't know, this is like a very renowned uh, cocktail lounge sort of establishment. And there's only four of them to my knowledge. There's one in New York, one in DC, one in Los Angeles, one in Denver. And Tommy, Claire and I have a book. 
Tommy and Claire have this beautiful cocktail book. It's more of a coffee table book because it's one of those things. It, it, it's full of so much like literature and lore. And it was probably more than a hundred dollars. Yeah, and some of the cocktails, it's the average person kind of rolls around like, "How am I supposed to make this?" Because yeah. of yeah. all the eccentric ingre- ingredients, which I love. Remind me, I got to get the cocktail book from you guys. That that's the easy one that you guys praise all the time. Um, it's like the three, not Death and Company, the three cocktails. Totally, the, yeah, one, yeah. I will totally I, remind actually, me I, at I, the end of the, tonight, and, I, and I'll put them in the the Discord for anybody who's interested. But um, Tommy and Claire, because we expressed interest in that book so much one time when we were at their house, they bought it as part of a gift for us when we were house sitting and dog sitting. So like we've kind of become familiar with the whole vibe of the thing. And I was like, Tara, this is meant to be. We got to go. I didn't know we bought that for you. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, man. So good we, for us. Hey, let's, AKA Claire. Let, let, I was going to say Claire that. bought it. Let's be frank. <laughs> so we uh, we went to Death and Company, and as soon as we got there, I was like, you know, we're just looking to get cocktails. And she's like, do you want to go up to like the the beer slash cocktail garden, or just sit right here at the bar? And not knowing the difference, I was like, oh, the thing up top sounds amazing. So we went up to the roof, and that was where we met uh, Santiago, and he. It's. I think it was called the Garden, and yes, it's owned and operated by Death and Company. But if you want that like really bougie, um, elaborate cocktail experience, that was the downstairs part. This was more chill up up top, more summery, easy drinking kind of things, but still excellent cocktails. We had a passion fruit mezcal margarita, which was elite, top. Just was it spicy too? Um, no, it was not spicy. It was just elite, and uh, (laughs) you know, I. I was I was doing my usual feeling out. We're like, do you, you know, am I gonna plug this? Am I gonna plug a CHP with this guy? And the answer was eventually yes. So, and he was like, all right, yeah, thanks. I'll check it out. I gave him a business card. We go down to get settled into our death and company experience. The bartender who greeted us, his name was Ken. He gives us this like book of all these amazing cocktails. You're sitting there reading for 20 minutes before you know what you want. So as we're talking to Ken, and he's kind of just getting us settled in, another random guy. This is all new information for you, right? I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah, excellent. So another guy comes over, hadn't seen him before, hadn't talked to him. He's like, do you guys have any dietary restrictions? I was like, no, but we're just having cocktails, but no. He's like, all right, cool. So he disappears. <laughs> he, he comes back like 20 seconds later. Okay. He was like, are there any flavors that you really don't like? And I was like, no, what's going on? Like, what's, what's going <laughs> yeah, why, on? Why are you trying to figure out my life? Yeah, and then he was like, well, Don't steal my identity. Santiago upstairs, he told me that you guys have a podcast and that you were really cool and that we should take care of you. And I was oh, like, oh. I, I, I am immediately just like, we are in the right place right yeah. now. And it turns out he, uh, this gentleman's name was Jordan. Jordan and Ken had a competition and they just made... A couple, it was like basically one full cocktail divided into two. It might have even been two. They were pretty hossy pours, but <laughs> they each made their own cocktail of choice with no restrictions on, you know, what to serve us. And we were to grade them and say which we thought was the best cocktail. Ooh, and Tommy, I, I even, oh, fuck, I love this. I, it was so amazing. And that's, these are the, uh, Ken and Jordan are the two beautiful men that you're going to see on the episode image of this one. Okay, that's great. That's why I had to have the two pictures. Gotcha. And, uh, I I even told them before I took a sip or anything or even had a sniff. I was like, my co-host Tommy always tells me to be more critical. And I was like, I am going to tell you exactly what I think and what I think is better. And then there was also the whole elaborate conversation of best versus favorite. And I got yeah. into the video games with yeah. Ken and all that. Nice. But um there were and you'll see in the picture there was a blue one and then like a, a greenish colored one. 
The greenish love colored, the colors already. The greenish colored one was uh, Jordan's, and it had it was very. I couldn't identify perfectly the base spirit, but it was very cucumber, melon, and mint forward. Okay. And then when, the more I thought about it, it tasted like a super concentrated mojito. Okay, is what it tasted like. And then the drink from Ken was blue, so I automatically assumed there was blue curacao in it, which was correct. And it had like more, I would say, more of like a crisp, crisper flavor. It wasn't as sweet. And the verdict, ultimately, not about best, who enjoyed what more. I actually enjoyed Jordan's a little bit more. It was a little bit more my speed. And Tara liked Ken's more. And I explained. I was like, it doesn't mean one or the other is the best. This is just how it worked out for us. And I, I felt like I let Ken down, which like broke my heart. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. I am as susceptible to flattery as the next person. And Ken wound up revealing to me that anytime at a death and company, when you see blue come out, you're like part of a family. What? Because it's this thing that they have called GDT, gangster daiquiri time. Okay. And they all, whether it's shots or a cocktail, if they put blue in it, you're one of them. And Tommy, I am just hating myself recanting no. this, but I stuck true to my word, yeah. and I said the one that I liked a little bit more. But like, I was very, I was so humbled, Ken, that you brought us into your tribe for that moment, and I am just giving you my sincere appreciation and gratitude for that. That's awesome because we man. had we had such a good night talking to these guys, just very interesting people. Death and Company is based as fuck. They have a three percent surcharge on their tips because they give their part-time and full-time staff benefits nice that's awesome and and they pay a living minimum wage yeah oh man if i had if i had money i would i would want to work at death and co exactly dude it was yeah like kind of like as a hobby but also generate income and everything yeah it was just such a cool experience and it i really felt like we were supposed to be there in a in a weird uh narcissistic way and I'll, i'll tie that in here at the end but uh, the other, th- I talked about flattery. It turns out Jordan technically bent the rules a little bit. I think Ken, he ratted on him and he was like, well, he gave you guys something he wasn't supposed to. Apparently there is a chartreuse shortage, both green and green, yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green chartreuse is like over $100 a bottle. Oh, he, he gave us a little bit of yellow chartreuse. He was like, yeah, he wasn't supposed to do that. So again very very humbled and grateful and that also he might have had an unfair advantage Ken. so real that is a thing and then uh the i I mentioned the other shout out for uh tommy and he was the guy sitting next to us at the bar and that's a new tommy replacing you tommy and just just absolutely not random person you know that we wound up striking up a conversation with i don't want to spend too much time but just a, a really friendly guy a film producer from new york um, his name on Instagram, his handle is at Tommy Dub. You can check out some of his work. Oh, and I like his... Tommy Dub. Yeah, as I, mean, a name. I even cool. told him, I was like, that seems like a desirable handle because it's very <laughs> simple. There yeah. was like no bullshit in it. So j- we just, it was one of those. Oh, that's chartreuse over $100. Holy shit, I can remember. It was like $70 not that long ago. Mm. Oh my God, what is going on? Anyways, yeah. Uh, Tommy, we were uh, very happy to make your acquaintance, and we we might have sat and talked to him alone for another separate hour. So, just um, great quality time running running into. It's just kind of like the serendipity of life, going through and, and speaking to and meeting new people, all walks of life, and everything. And 
because we had talked with Tommy for so long, we didn't really get to give that final verdict to, to Ken and Jordan until later. And finally, at the end of the night, after we gave those ratings, I asked Ken, I said, I, for my final act here at Death and Company, I said, I would like to order one more drink. And I said, I would like you to put Ken in a glass for me. I was like, express yourself creatively. Did he make you another blue drink? And he was he was like, unfortunately, he, he, was, he wasn't making drinks at the time. Like the shifts had changed and everything. He was still there, but he wasn't making drinks. And he was like, Jack here is going to take care of you. And I had been watching Jack for the previous hour. And this guy was like a a mad scientist, like an alchemist of cocktail makers. You could tell he knew his shit and he's been doing this for a while. And he even said that, uh, uh, Ken said that Jack was his mentor of sorts. So I asked... Jack, would you put Ken in a glass for me? <laughs> he had an idea. He delegated it to uh, one of the guys at the bar whose name was Xander, and he made it for me. It was called, um, I believe it was called on bar or maybe just Borrowed Time. Shame on me. I can't remember the exact base spirit, but it had a bunch of fortified wines in it, you know, like sherry and stuff. And I even said to him, I was like, I told you to put Ken in a glass, not me in a glass. <laughs> it was just so spot on with what I was looking for. And uh, the perfect end of the night. Was that a really expensive trip to Death & Co. in the end? Um, I'm. I'll, let me just put it this way. I'll give you details later, Tommy. But I tipped these gentlemen mightily. Uh-huh. And somebody... You guys better be good to each other. Santiago, Jordan, Ken, and Jack. I left a really nice tip. And all of you better have gotten a piece of that. <laughs> okay. Especially, frankly, Santiago, because he was the inciting yeah. uh, event. So I hope, uh, I think those that's a pretty good group of guys, but I hope nobody you know took more than their fair share because they, they all did such a fantastic job. So, and, and I thank them very personally because they even said like that's why they do what they do was to give experiences like that. So thank you all. That was just uh, a wonderful evening and perfect finish to the Denver trip. And were you hossed up at the very at, by the end of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was real fucked. Okay. And Tara was driving. It's all good. <laughs> um, I, I I went out of order and I did forget to say that on the way to Denver we stopped at a Colorado Springs brewery called Brass Brewing Company. That was really neat. The brass was referring to like the top brass of the military. When you walk in, there's all these placards and portraits on the wall of like famous generals, presidents, etc., military people. And um, I met. Mario there. So sorry for being out of order there, Mario, but he was, I think he worked at a local restaurant and Brass Brewing provided them with beer and a really friendly guy that I talked to at the bar. And he taught me a little bit about like what it's, what it means when you see something that says a tropical stout. Sometimes somebody will order that and they think to themselves, they're going to get a tropical flavor. That's not what it means. It just means that the hops that were used were grown in a tropical environment. Okay. Pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. But that was Mario. I hope you don't take yourself as a last, but not well, you were last but not least, uh, certainly. I just I kind of went out of uh, on a tangent there because of death and company. But uh, my my parting thoughts here is I mentioned it was a little bit narcissistic that I felt like I was really supposed to be there and everything was kind of converging on me. And I had talked about how um, I actually had brought up you uh, not not you guys by name or anything, but I said like we have friends that are big planners. We kind of go by the 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 seat of our pants, and I was like. We're happening to each other. Like they, that Tommy next to me at the bar, he didn't have a plan to go and meet anybody. He was just like, I'm going to see what happens. And it's like, I happened to him and he happened to me. And it was just a really neat thing. And I'm currently reading a a Kurt Vonnegut novel. Wow. I'm going to leave that in. A Kurt (laughs) Vonnegut novel called Cat's Cradle. I'm halfway through it. And there's a religion in it called Buchananism. And I'm seeing a lot of parallels between like that whole trip and just the way that 
fates were intertwined and people were like, I don't know. It, it just felt like everything that was supposed to happen happened. And I really appreciated that. So that is the end of my, my rant. It wasn't a rant, but it was definitely a long winded soliloquy. Thank you for listening listeners. Thank you for listening, Tommy. And I hope, I hope my, I, I really think the death and company story I couldn't wait to tell you it's, that. I, I'm so happy you had that great experience. Yeah. But you, you did say that you had a weird experience, too. Oh, thank you for reminding me. I yeah. was in a hurry to wrap this up. The The final morning in Denver, we rented a room in a house. Yeah. And our, the last time we did this, we had a wonderful experience with this old guy. He he, I say old. He was an older, defined, distinguished gentleman, very well defined very, gentleman. Yeah, this this was all the way. Um, this was last year in uh, Diamonddale, Michigan. But I remember kind of being weird about it going into it. And then by the time I left, I remember thinking like, I wish I had spent more time with this guy because mm-hmm. he was so cool and his house was so eccentric and beautiful. That's kind of what I was trying for this time. And not only was it nothing like that. But the this woman was hosting, younger, probably our age, maybe a couple years older. She was hosting the place, and we barely ever crossed paths, and that's okay. I, I didn't need to do that. They were giving us our privacy. But 7 in the morning, local time, Denver, which, by the way, I managed to, we managed to never get our sleep schedule fucked up. We kept on getting up early and going to bed early, which was really nice. 7 in the morning, they were having a screaming match. Ooh. Like constant F-bombs between her and husband? Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Right. I know it's her boyfriend from her listing. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'm just going to say some of the stuff we heard, but you know, she was like accusing him of, you know, clearly cheating or adultery or whatever. And he was like, she's like, did you fuck her? And he was like, I didn't fuck anybody. And this is <laughs> seven in the morning screaming when they are, when they have paying guests in their house. Yeah. Like I, I didn't, I was equal parts appalled embarrassed and and angry yeah i was like what what is wrong with these people it, yeah it was so bizarre and and it went on for like a good 20 minutes and i'm Ooh. non-stop screaming non-stop f-bombs until it finally culminated in the the quintessential get the fuck out and like <laughs> kick the guy out it was i we could not wait to leave after that yeah and you know it's good thing that was the last day thank christ yeah. yeah so after all the you know a couple of rough nights of sleep and all the travel and then that hilarious cherry on top i was like yeah we're ready to go <laughs> so and then your bed was amazing when you guys got yeah home. we got one of the best nights of sleep of our lives so thank you for letting me ramble on joyously and I, I want to say thank you again to all of the <laughs> wonderful people on this trip that made it so special. And to me, that's one of the joys of traveling is just running into strangers and having really interesting conversations and you know getting to know people because sometimes you strike out and other times you strike gold. And we found a lot of gold on this trip. Yeah. So. That, I mean, I'm not surprised. Colorado, Denver, everybody always says how yeah. amazing it is. And obviously Vegas is the greatest. So. Yeah. Vegas is a great place too. And and speaking of strangers, uh, another thing I just did for the Craft Heads patrons was I finished a book while we were traveling out to Vegas called Talking to Strangers, What We Should Know About People We Don't Know by Malcolm Gladwell. It is the best nonfiction book I have ever read in my life. It is so important to me that I I did a giveaway in the in the Craft uh, Heads Discord, and Paul won it. Thank you, Paul. And he had an amazing idea. He's like, I'm gonna make some notes in it. I'm gonna sign it at the end, 
and I'm going to pass it along to another patron. Nice. And I want to pass it around and get a bunch of signatures on everybody in the Craft Heads community. I would like to read it. I, I'm, I'm due for a book, so he, can I be next in your, line, Your Paul? hat is in the ring for the next uh, for the next reader. Let, let's see. It, I'm going to just put this little plug in here and yeah. see if Paul made it to, to the end of this episode. Yeah, Paul, dude, Paul's ride or die. If you... If you hand that book to me personally, Ooh. I will give you a monetary prize. Ooh, oh, well, that's you know it's going to happen now. We'll but see. I, I will just tell everybody, listeners, supporters, whatever alike, this book changed the way I think about everything. Cool. It's crazy. Cool. So I like that. Thank you, you Tommy. It went on always... a little bit longer, but at least yeah. it's more bite-sized. Now there's two half-hour episodes. Yeah, sure. So, cheers, Tommy. Cheers. Thanks for doing this. Peace. <laughs> Peace, brother. Thank you.